Empower Radio presents the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected. Break through the illusion of separation, explore the infinite field of possibility, and make connections that inspire. Now, here's your host, Dr. Julie Crawl. Hello and welcome everyone. You're listening to the Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Each week we gather right here to make connections that break through the illusion of separation. This illusion has been written about in a series of fictional books that captured the interest of millions in the early 90s. Two of the books landed on the New York Times bestsellers list for a combined total of 74 weeks. The spiritual lessons and truths are timeless and beg to be revisited in these important transformative times on the planet. The author invites you to open your perception, find your guidance, and discover why you're really here. He encourages you to open yourself to the possibility that there's something more right here in front of your eyes. Here's a quote. The guidance within evolves the world toward a heaven that is already here. To know this is to know our destiny. I invite you to take a few deep breaths, open your mind and heart, and settle into your essential wholeness as I introduce our guest. James Redfield was 43 when he published The Celestine Prophecy. He has been keenly interested in human spirituality all of his life. Born in the in 1950, I always say want to say that in the 1950s. He was born in 1950. He grew up in a rural area near Birmingham, Alabama. From an early age, he was motivated by a need for clarity about spiritual matters. Brought up in a Methodist church that was loving and community oriented, he was nevertheless frustrated by a lack of answers to his questions about the true nature of spiritual experience. As a young man, he studied Eastern philosophies, including Taoism and Zen, while majoring in sociology at Auburn University. He later received a master's degree in counseling and spent more than 15 years as a therapist to abused adolescents. During this time, he was drawn into the human potential movement and turned to it for theories about intuition and psychic phenomenon that would help his troubled clients. All along, Redfield was forming ideas that would eventually find their way into the Celestine prophecy. In 1989, he quit his job as a therapist to write full-time, synthesizing his interest in interactive psychology, Eastern and Western philosophies, science, futurism, ecology, and history. Using an adventure parable approach, the Celestine Prophecy created a model for spiritual perception and actualization that resonated with millions of people and focused on the mysterious coincidences that occur in each of our lives. And I'm really happy to have James Redfield with us today. Welcome, James. Thank you, Julie. Nice to be with you. It's uh, Thank you. I'm really happy that this is this message, this energy, this whole essence of the Celestine prophecy prophecies coming back and I can't wait to dig into this and and learn more from what you've been doing since it came out and why it's coming back but first 
James, I have a traditional first question here on my show, and I love to ask that of everyone to kind of set our conversation into a whole worldview. And so I would like to know if you could answer for our listeners, what does all things connected mean to you? Well, you know, it's it's uh, to me, it, it reminds us that uh, we are connected to everything. Uh, the wholeness of the planet, the, you know, the universe, uh, and you know when our self images move out completely, you know we're 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 uh, connected to this divine force that is behind this universe, behind the evolution of humanity, and uh, it's all connected. And with that connection comes a lot of information that we're learning to use in terms of uh, how to find our inspiration, energy, and life. Mm. When I think of your answer here, and I'm, I'm thinking of the Celestine prophecy, and literally that it it's kind of the mantra for the book, that all things connected is is in that adventure tale. And, and I, I, love, I love your writing. I love your writing. So let's begin by why don't you tell us what you've been up to since the Celestine prophecy was released and what's going on now? There's a resurgence of the book. You're, you're re republishing it. You're bringing it out. Tell us about that. Yeah, there's a new edition of the Celestine prophecy, um, that we, uh, early, uh, late last year, uh, got out into the world. I'm still doing a lot of, uh, discussion about, uh, the book and, and what's in the new book. I've, uh, the the, the Celestine Prophecy new edition, uh, uh, I put an afterward on, uh, long afterward, uh, uh, aimed at uh, the newest two generations uh, who are now passing the book around at, at larger levels uh, in, in terms of how to stay awake. And I think that uh, it's a, a kind of new time in the world because we have all these we have multiple generations uh, reaching places in life that uh, where they are uh, asking the, the larger questions in life. Uh, baby, you know, baby boomers are uh, asking the question, I'm, you know, I have more time. I'm, and especially now, <laughs> and I'm, uh, you know, really uh, want to do something about this world. Uh, I want to leave a legacy. So that's a higher question. Then you have millennials, uh, at, tw- at, at the, the great bulk of them are uh, nearing 38, which is the key uh, uh, time that that each generation starts to ask, well, I've done, I've, yeah, I have a career maybe started. I've got had children, done relationships. What else do, am I supposed to do? What else is life is about? Is this all there is or is there more? And of course, that's when they start to find their spiritual path. And, uh, and then all of a sudden, also, their oldest children are facing college, which means they're asking the higher questions about how do I get started on my path? How do I get educated? Uh, what do I really want to do? <laughs> so it's a new time in the world uh, right now. And I think that's why all, all uh, spiritually uh, informative books are being passed around again. And, um, you know, we're doing not just the book, though. We're out with that. Uh, our, our site is CelestineVision.com. And uh, that 
is we're building a new community there, interactive community, a learning community about uh, you know breaking through to your best creativity uh, and, and inspiration in life. And, and, uh, so we're, we're excited about all that because again, I think it's a new time, a new time of exploring, uh, spirituality and consciousness. And, uh, that's great to see out there. Mm. So when I, when I hear you explain that, it's, it was very clear that, the book wasn't before its time, but the book was really there during the boomers wake up years in our spiritual development. And now the the book is resurfacing because people are interested in it in the next two generations after those boomers. Is that is that what you're finding? Well, and, and boomers are passing it along as well. So yeah. three, three huge generations out there, uh, clearly majority population in the world are uh, you know, seeking higher spiritual answers, and you know, when you seek, you get. So, yeah, yeah. It, it's really fun to see, and uh, uh, you know, it's 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 really time to do this because the world is uh, showing its corruption and uh, and and all the uh, you know the sort of ego uh, domination that can be. Uh, uh, you know, used out there, especially at vulnerable times like this. So what we really, uh, I think, are doing are choosing at this point of life, the, the light side of life, you know, this side of, uh, of giving and, and helping and trying to move the culture forward in a positive way. You know, so that that is a good place for me to ask you something that I was thinking about when I was reviewing all the materials that I've had over the years, which is so nice. I didn't ha- I, to prepare. I felt so prepared for this interview because I've loved your work for so long. But in the Celestine vision, you opened the book with a summary of the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s. And I would love to ask you to bring us up to date. What do you believe the last two decades have been about for us humans? And then we can look forward to because like you said, we are at a very pivotal point in the evolution of consciousness on the planet and systems and structures are breaking down that no longer serve that that illusion of separation that we were talking about. So what have the last two decades been about and what do you think is coming? Well, there, I, I definitely think uh, in the last two day, uh, decades, we've really uh, focused on uh, led by baby the baby boomer generation into a kind of exploration of the different ways to experience spirituality and uh, what are the key experiences of spirituality. So we're trying to uh, we're trying to figure out uh, and, and have figured out this kind of a synthesis uh, happening. I think uh, because of what was now a hundred years of the human potential search for, uh, yeah, what is the, what are all the experiences available to humanity? Uh, what is real spirituality as opposed to, uh, different, more fragmented, uh, religions. So I think it was really a kind of conversation about all that in the last two decades. Uh, and I do think that, uh, what's occurring now though, is an awakening led by the millennials, which is okay. You know, we 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 we've really 
explored the many experiences of, of spirituality, how do we really, from a theoretical level, and but how do we really live this in unity? How do we create a unity around uh, this this spiritual consciousness that we can experience? And uh, what again? How how should the world? Uh, move uh, the institutions of the world move into that as we all try to live it every day and in, 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 in all our work. So it's it's really a time where we're putting together, I believe, the uh, the real uh, urgency in a way of coming to live our spirituality, not just talk about it abstractly and religious and and experience in these flashes. Uh, it. We're moving into a kind of uh, uh, actual uh, uh, continuance of this experience uh, of connection and and not being separate and and all that goes with that. And uh, I think, you know, I like to say that we're in the middle of right now formulating the the long sought for, uh, you know, Operation manual for planet Earth. You know, I mean, it's, you know, we come here and we just have to kind of figure it out on our own in a, in a, in a lot of ways. Um, and, but now I think that's exactly what we're doing. So I like to say we're putting it all together in, into an integration of that, that where we can retain this consciousness because we realize that the world, the universe is designed for, for, uh, for us to step into our spiritual journey. And uh, we know, I believe now, the, the key ways to do that, to keep it going. I really appreciate this, James, and, and this idea of about our spiritual experience creating unity. How can it do that? But then how do we retain the consciousness? How do we, like you said, stay awake? I'm going to go ask that question in a second here, but I want to muse with this spiritual experience for a minute and, and deepen into this because um, – People ask me this all the time. I've, I had a near-death experience as a child, and so those capacities to retain that consciousness were just with me growing up. I could literally walk in both worlds, and people will go, well, what do you what do you say to people who never had a near-death experience or, or an experience like that? And this is what you're getting at. So there's a line in, in the Celestine prophecy about how accepting – the prophecies will make every religion come alive. And I love this. You you also wrote that when we find the true God experience, the fight over whose religion is best, um, I don't remember how you said it. It's just like it fades. There's no fight, right? There's no fight over whose is best. And, and there's so much wisdom there. So how do we help. Yes, the books are waking us up. Spiritual practice is moving us into um, these places of unity, these these states of consciousness. But how do we live this? And and I really appreciate you putting it into religion in the Celestine prophecy that can create unity across all boundaries and beliefs. Like once you have that spiritual experience and that awakening into different states of consciousness or levels of consciousness, it changes how we practice religion even. So, yeah, can you speak more to that? 
Sure. I think it, uh, you know, there are, first of all, more people are meditating than ever before in the world today. That's another thing about it being a new time because that elevates human consciousness, just the mere practice of meditation. Um, and the, the, the way that happens is that when you practice sitting with yourself alone and realizing that your mind is full of this chatter about what you should do, what you shouldn't have done, all that uh, is going on to trying, you know, you're trying to make peace with a, a mental chatter. And what you find in meditation is that when you let that go, you're alone with yourself. Now, when you're alone and quiet, your mind, first of all, you're able to be alone with yourself. And that, that is, a, is a real shift for a lot of people because they, they're really bit, they're, they're bit players in other people's lives. You know, they, they're not centered into their own journey, but that's what you, you train yourself to be in meditation. So once you do that and quiet that mind, and also I, I, I want to add a, a, the meditation I advocate is one that also is centered on the, on the heart so that what you're, you're seeking is a, to stabilize emotions. Uh, what happens is our emotions of fear and hate and envy and all those things just knock us into a kind of ego-driven defense. Uh, and what really we're looking for is uh, the, the actual emotion of love. And that is a connection. That is a divine connection that happens in, and it's talked about, you know, from every direction of spirituality uh, in the past. It's, it's, it's a promise that, you know, we can find that peace that surpasses understand, all understanding. Now, that's an addition to the usual mind, mindfulness uh, meditation out there. But I really believe it's, it's important because that, that doesn't just calm our mental aspect, all the chatter, but our, our emotions as well. So we get to practice living in this, the emotion of love, which is the most powerful and centering emotion, which means you're, you're kind of in a state of love. It's not, there's no object. Uh, in many religions, you, you know, you, you, you find a love of God or a love of, of people or a love yourself in psychology. You know, you have to learn to love yourself, but, but really what we're after is a state of love that is a one solid centering emotion where the, when, when fear comes up, it bounces off that love emotion. It doesn't overtake you uh, as before. And so I, I believe that's, that's occurring out there. And that's the being, biggest single shift is that we're calming our emotions, calming the chatter in, in our minds so that we can hear our intuitive intelligence speaking to us. Mm -hmm. And that changes everything because when you start following your your guidance in within that, that from this divine connection, then you make the right moves at the right time. It's all coordinated. Synchronicities come. You figure out what you're what you're good at giving the world, what your message is, and then what happens is that you realize that's a mission, and then the synchronicity starts to open up. Uh, this flow of 
opportunities that bring you to the mission. Now, that's that's the ideal. None of us can do it without getting knocked out when life serves up a challenge. But the key is we're learning to come back to that. That's the difference. So we're coming rather than falling back into our control dramas or whatever we call it, we could call it our ego coping devices. You know, it's got many names, but it's when we try to run away from ourselves rather than centering within ourselves. And that's Mm. a key shift in the world today, I think. Yeah, it's this stabilization that's happening, isn't it? We're we're really embodying this consciousness now and and bringing it in. I love that. And I really appreciate that you're focusing on the heart. So, James, when in the book, when you wrote about how literally that accepting the prophecies can enliven the religions, what do you think? What what what's what's your take on humanity? That m- most people are leaving organized religion for this new sense of spirituality, and you know we could talk about spiritual practices all day, and and the young ones are are leaving and and coming in groves to practice this heart-centered meditations, heart-centered practices, heart-centered communication, heart-centered leadership. Like we're we're really we're really there. Is there a role for organized religion? Oh, I I, I think so. You know, it it's it's a transformative thing, you know. Um, in, in the end will we have just one kind of idea about how to pursue spirituality and 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 sort of include all the best of every religion in it and therefore unify. I think that's probably how it'll happen. But but right now, millennials are not just leaving the church. Uh, if the church is too doctrinaire and just up in the mind and not talking about the soul and the, the experiences available, then, yeah, they're running from that church. But if, if, if to, to the degree that churches and religions, for that matter, talk about love and talk about the other uh, key experiences like synchronicity and, you know, the opening up of your divine, you know, your, your intuitive guidance. I call it tu- intuitive intelligence. Uh, it makes you smarter than, uh, than anything the ego can do. It, it makes you know what to say to, uh, with it, it, it during any conversation, much more than ego could try to pretend to do that. You know, it's uh, it, it's the whole self that opens up, right? Mm-hmm. So if the church is open to that, you know, they'll evolve, uh, and that's what I meant by that. If you really in the twelfth insight, my last book, I talked about the healing of this battle between a re- religion has to take place um, by realizing that every religion has a part of the picture of, of a whole spirituality. And uh, every and, and, and if they have to accept those gifts um, in order in, in, so they have to they have to embody some of the gifts from other religions uh, in, into any one religion before, it, there can be a unification in a, across religious divisions, you know, and that that'll probably take place. You know, they probably won't go away. Uh, they'll just transform from within, like consciousness is doing uh, all along, everywhere. Yeah, 
Well, I know that there, there's a big movement now, instead of calling it interfaith um, activities, interfaith, act, you know, whatever that interfaith, where there's a big movement toward interspiritual, which brings in this sense that you're talking about. And I, I like that idea. And really, this is universal, right? Of course. Yeah, and, and if when you say you can prove, let's say somebody says within a religion you can prove this is real. Well, you can only you, know, you can only say that if you're really uh, pointing to these key experiences that we've learned, uh, really through a kind of quasi science uh, that's that began uh, you know it's hundred years old now the human potential movement, which looked at all the uh, aspects of of spirituality from uh, from the, the nature of a divine uh, source or creator, uh, if if that's possible, and to the extent it's possible. But they what they really uh, come came I think have come to consensus about is the the key experiences that make up the proof that you can prove to yourself. Uh, uh, about spirituality, and the, the key experience, in my uh, my view, is synchronicity. Um, it it's even there if you even if your heart's closed and you don't experience love that much, you experience synchronicities because the synchronicity is is it's a meaningful coincidence, uh, and it, that was coined by uh, Dr. Carl Jung, who. You know, the protege of Freud, who broke with Freud over spirituality, by the way, a hundred years ago. And since then, we've mapped out pretty much what uh, synchronicity feels like and how to get more of it, how it's a, a process that we're, we're given help in life. So it's not just, we're not just abstractly opening up to consciousness. We're actually uh, opening up to these levels of experience, which I've called insights uh but their levels of experience that that f- fulfill our opening up to true spirituality that's a perfect place to take a break because when we come back we're going to talk about those insights and what you can learn from james redfield today we're going to talk about how to stay awake so we're going to take a quick break when we return much more with the celestine prophecy and james redfield we'll be right back Brought to you by the Keep Oceans Clean Alliance and the Ad Council. 
When dad needed help getting around, I became his driver. Any daughter would do the same. But soon enough, he needed help doing more things. And it was up to me to be his personal shopper and financial manager, too. And before I knew it, dad moved in with me. So I became his cook, his personal assistant, his physical therapist, and even his nurse. When I started taking care of dad, I didn't realize all the roles I'd have to play. But no matter what, I know I'm still his daughter. We understand the many roles you play. And to help, we created an online caregiving resource center. At aarp.org caregiving, you can find resources and connect with the caregiving community. Together, we can better care for ourselves and the ones we love. Visit aarp.org caregiving to learn more. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. All right. I know this isn't any fun to talk about, but we should. So, who's going to do what? Flashlights? Nowhere to be found. Where to be found. Batteries? Dead. Great. Emergency supply kits? Not packed. No. What about blankets? We have an old towel. Good enough. Cell phones? May not work. Uh... Emergency water? Not a drop. And what about food? Nope. Perfect. We all know where we're meeting if we're separated, yeah? The library! Aunt Joan's house. The bus stop. Great. And I'll be waiting here wondering where you all are. Sounds like we don't have a plan. Who's up for mini golf? Winging it is not an emergency plan. Make sure your kids know what to do during an emergency. Who to call, where to meet, what to pack. Visit ready.gov kids for tips and information. A public service announcement brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. Now, back to the Dr. Julie Show. All things connected on Empower Radio. Welcome back. Hey, if you're inspired by our conversation today, I invite you to share it with others and perhaps listen to it again. You can do that by visiting my website at thedrjulieshow.com, where you'll find all the archive links as well as a listing of upcoming guests. Again, that's thedrjulieshow.com. Also stay connected all week on my Facebook page, All Things Connected with Dr. Julie, where we continue the conversation. I invite you to be a more conscious, courageous, and compassionate co-creator of the beautiful, healthy world we depend on. Come work with me. There are a lot of different ways to do that, and you can check out those opportunities at juliecrawl.com or goodofthewhole.com. I am here with James Redfield, author of The Celestine Prophecy and other books, and you can find his work right now in this new resurgence at CelestineVision.com. Is that correct, James? CelestineVision.com? That's right, yes. All righty. There's information about the new community that we're, we're building out now, so you can you can uh, receive a newsletter about that and when it will be open uh, on the side there. Tell us a little bit about that. I think you were going to actually do a book tour too. And I think the pandemic has slowed that down a little bit, but you're still, you're still going over there. Tell us a little bit about what's up there. Well, we're, uh, yeah, there's lots of information on the Celtic vision site. Uh, one thing that we think it's time to do, I think it's time to do is, is to, uh, 
to be in community around these ideas. So we're, we're launching a subscription uh, learning community uh, that anyone interested in, in personal growth at any level, but also in, you know, seeking spiritual consciousness and all the, you know, the, the breakthrough moments that that provides. And uh, uh, that's my emphasis, because when we step into the spiritual life, what we're doing is uh, moving into alignment with the way the world is really uh, designed. Uh, and uh, we gain these abilities to avoid problems, uh, have a an emerging intuitive uh, intelligence and guidance and to, you know, eventually follow these mysterious coincidences, synchronicities uh, into a knowledge or a memory of, of mission and, uh, you know, what, what is, uh, what is there and what is calling you, you know? And so that's, uh, that's the conversation uh, that will be happening on, in the community. Beautiful. So as I'm listening to you explain that, I'm hearing many of the 12 insights coming through when you're talking about synchronicities and mission. Let's, why don't you um, perhaps dive into the insights a bit with the perspective of what's happening on the planet right now. Um, not just our normal, like to me, there's an urgency for yeah. this work it's not just a let's have a nice spiritual practice and and go off and bliss by ourselves in meditation somewhere it really is time to like you had talked about embody this and wake in our living spirituality as we literally prepare to remodel the world that we live in that literally we're building a new world so as you look at the 12 insights right now can you talk to us about um the relevance in uh the world today as as we know it and this this incredible time of transformation on our planet well it's it's very interesting because at the very time we're opening up to a greater spiritual uh knowledge and uh, 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 as a way of life um, and all that goes with that, this breakthrough creativity, this sense of mission, you know, the, uh, the, the, the ability to stay in, in uh, aligned with the karmic design of this world, uh, and all that goes with that, you know. Um, we're having this shutdown, we're having this reset, you know, uh, as we're talking here, and this won't last long, uh, and this conversation will transcend any of that. But it's happened. And so there's a natural uh, reset. So I think the context of, of what it's, the consciousness urge is on the planet and the fact that we've, we've had a reset here uh, just sets us up, really, to go in and move past the ego structures that don't serve us anymore. And uh, that's... That's a uh, an interesting discussion because I and I'd like to just say a few things about it. I believe that uh, you know that there's a there's a real light side of consciousness happening, and there's a, a darker side of uh, 
of control and getting power through controlling other people and financial uh, institutions and, and big corporate entities that uh, transcend, transcend even humanity at times. And, you know, uh, and, and so what we see in that mess is the, the corruption exposing itself. And so, you know, we can see uh, what is the future. Is, is the, the future is not letting some large corporate uh, control mechanism guide our steps, you know, or create this, this world, new world for us. Uh, because it's really problematic if you look at what their goals are. Uh, transhumanism, you know, artificial intelligence put, placed inside our bodies. You know, those are, those are, you know, they're not threatening to us. Uh, they're threatening to this, uh, this wave of consciousness. But they are problematic because they think that's the future. You know, the future of ego and automation and AI and all that. And uh, it, so we have, we have to just say, who's going to lead the reset? We have to ask that question. And if you, you want some huge corporate-influenced uh, uh, entity to, to, to uh, organize our new lives, uh, then we're letting go of our, the creativity that I think is, is best uh, uh, shown at the individual level. So this needs to be a grassroots, in my view. It has to be a grassroots um, implementation of spirituality in the world where every institution is moves toward its ideal functioning because of the people, the light in the people that enter these institutions. And in that way, you know, what happens in the end is that uh, it's all works from service and the best service. And the banking system is not, uh, you know, it, it sees itself reforming into uh, only help, no, no uh, debt traps, no switch and bait, bait and switch. Um, you know, all these things need to be reformed in from a, a, a from a position of love and ins inspiration, and people feeling their calling going into all these institutions and enlightening them from within. Um, so it's very, very important right now in this reset to get off in a good start, which means uh, we want to. Uh, reorganize our local community first and where we're, we get involved in all the service needs that happen at the local level and uh, that we uh, expand our influence individually within the communities uh, where we are and all those things that need to happen at the grassroots level for uh, the enlightenment to emerge all over the world at the same time and, and not be suppressed in any way. Yes. Thank you for bringing in that local piece. And then what would you say, how do we transcend all the negative rhetoric that's just a constant bombardment in, in the media, especially social media now? How do we how do we stay focused on that sense of service and the heart when this loud thing just is constantly right there? Well, I think that we uh, we have to hold the the value of consciousness and spirituality. So uh, that uh, with a kind of with a kind of view of the future 
as one in which everybody discovers their own free creativity that they want to manifest and 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 a natural evolution is allowed to take place you know and so that means not uh you know talking about a higher kind of evolution and not what local politician at this moment in history you can't stand and you want to argue with whoever's supporting that person instead of who's supporting your person. I mean, those, those arguments are all, all egoic. They're power. You know, you're, uh, there, there's a lot of people want power over us. So we want to, uh, you know, yell at them uh, about it. Uh, but I think that the main thing is to stand for this, this basic emotion of love and that's the greatest influence. Uh, the more of us together that hold this higher consciousness, the more others will want to join that consciousness. This, this, the one that is most creative and mo- most loving and most on the side of wholeness and helping and not power and dictation of any kind. Um, so I think that's just the basic image and intention we have need to have for the future uh, that it be based on uh, spiritual consciousness not on power or transforming the body with you know, in, in this really weird transhumanistic uh, you know putting chips in our hands so that we can before be allowed to cross state lines I mean it's people actually talking like that and that just has to be sort of, sort of dismissed with a kind of higher spirituality and a higher f- sense of freedom, but within, uh, you know, the connection with consciousness and uh, basic love is a is our is our stabilizing and most powerful emotion. Yeah, when you say that, I, I'm thinking about a, a place in the book where. Um, and I thought I had a quote about it, but I can't find it here, where the you talk about the amplification of the energies. And when we're we're giving from the heart, we're serving the other and the other's giving back, like there's this sending, receiving thing. And I'm thinking about, um, as you're talking about the negative, shadowy, dark side of what's out there and how we need to stay together and and be in practice that we literally can amplify our prayers and intentions by coming together. Can you explain that a little more? Well, you know, spirituality is an energy, you know, I, I call it inspiration energy, but, uh, you know, when you connect spiritually, uh, it's, you know, the, it's all in move toward a love based emotional stability. And what happens is that, uh, you know, it's, we, we find our inspiration, but we can do go hell right now. And, uh, and we'll, and, and if we're connected like that from the heart, then what, what happens is that that intelligence comes into us as to what to do. And then we do that. And what happened when we place ourselves in that situation, a mysterious coincidence will happen to help us. And so we'll learn something that takes our journey down the road. We'll, we'll keep that inspiration at every, at every turn. So uh, the, the, what you're talking about is, is the, what I, the discussion at the eight insight or the eighth understanding and that that understanding is that 
we have this energy at our disposal when we're in meditation and we, you know, this, you know, we have this heart opening experience and, you know, it's, it's just makes you smile burst. Uh, what happens is that we're filled with a kind of divine energy. It's a rest of our intelligence. We connect with the rest of ourselves, the rest of our intelligence. And, and then uh, what we can do with that energy is to actively intend to give it to everybody we talk to. Uh, I mean, it's a kind of automatic thing as long as we set the intention. And what happens is that we can uh, give energy and then look for higher consciousness in in the face of the other person. It's as simple as that. You know, it's multi-traditions of spirituality all over the world through history have talked about uh, praying for others, uplifting others. And this is essentially uh, what what we can do. But we do it with the understanding that this energy, this inspiration energy that we have is what sets a model for all the people that we talk to every day. If we, we hold it and look for that's the same kind of look in the eyes that people have when they have this higher energy, you know, and it's, uh, it's, it's based on that heart opening, but uh, you can, you can look into another's face and, and, and intend to, to share that energy with them. And what happens is sometimes they just pop right into it sometimes for the first time. So it's, there's a contagion going on, you know, a positive contagion of consciousness because we're designed to pop into this higher consciousness. And as long as we're, we're giving it away and projecting it out to others uh, in a kind of prayer intention, uh, it just, it, it is highly influential. Uh, and, and that's, as we integrate all this into our lives, that's a key, uh, way to stay fully connected oneself, which is the point of the eighth understanding. If you're giving away energy, uh, loving energy, it fills you up first and spills over to other people. And that's how to keep, keep yourself in that place all the time or most of the time. Uh, but, but it's easy as a practice, you can get jump right back into your, your higher creativity by, by just practicing that. Go find someone to help or to inspire. Yeah, and one of the things when you're you're talking about the the positive vibe of this and and expanding that that field, one of the things I've loved about your advice in the book for a very long time is looking for the silver lining. That there's always a reason for everything, and when you when you look for that meaning, it it keeps us in that flow. I love that language. So there's a lot going on on the planet right now. A lot of people are suffering, um, losing jobs, losing income, fearing, losing everything, um, losing loved ones. There's a lot happening. And this spiritual, this can give us a, a really beautiful journey through these times. But what would you say to those that say, yeah, how do I find the silver lining in what's going on today? Well, you know, the silver lining, of course, uh, uh, for me, is that it's a reset. It's a slowdown. Yeah, we uh, yeah, a lot of people lost opportunities and jobs and uh, you know, and there's some question as to whether it really had to happen. 
but it did. And uh, when it when that happened to us all, yeah, there's there's 35 million people in the United States alone that lost jobs or, or their their businesses already. So uh, it's a reset. So it, it's a time when you seek you seek uh, you seek a divine presence to be in your life. I mean, that's just that's just uh, what can be called a positive part of this. We're all going to be uh, be shaped now to really find our you know our greatest heart connection with uh, with something larger than ourselves that's of the divine. And um, when that happens. Uh, it, it may be uh, part of it may be said for many of us as this began our journey, our real true spiritual journey in life. Um, and the uh, to me, that's the, the key silver lining there. Uh, as hard as that is uh, uh, to lose and, and have to rebuild, um, we're putting ourselves uh, if we put ourselves in spiritual connection, then we we then have the ability to get the help. We're listening for an intuitive guidance about the help that gives us help to negotiate our lives in a way that uh, brings something our abundance to us in a different way. And uh, we we uh, if if more of us can find that spiritual way of life, then then it could be called a silver lining. Mm. I think this year is is really going to bring a new meaning meaning to the phrase hindsight's 2020 because we're all going to look back on this as that reset button, right? And we'll get past the hardships. We'll get past, you know, as a collective, we will get past this. And um, yeah, looking back at 2020 is going to really mean a lot to us in the future. Okay, James, I don't want to end this conversation without giving you the opportunity to answer that question that I said before the break. So in four minutes or so, how do we stay awake? What does that mean? How are we going to stay awake? Well, you're talking about uh, the afterword on the new edition of the Celsius Prophecy. And, and yes, yes. Uh, I would say it's how we integrate all these understandings, I call them insights, into a different way of life. And what we have is the ability now to do that. Uh, and so I believe we have to start at the beginning. It's, it's synchronicity, uh, meaningful coincidences. Uh, these are ways uh, the world's designed to help us. And uh, what we do with that is uh, we have to expect them. You know, this is the helping hand that we have to uh, really uh, intend uh, and, and make sure that we want and that we're being bold. If we see a synchronicity, play it out, talk to the strangers that it, it might be involved, whatever it is, explore the meaning of that synchronicity. That's the engine. But it, it, but we, the other parts of the way this universe is designed uh, help this process. In other words, this flow process that we want. Uh, the second understanding is about all of history is really 
the evolution of humanity moving forward through all these heroes that follow their calling, their synchronicity, uh, and move humanity to a better place. All the advances uh, through the centuries, through the eons, really have been uh, heroes following their synchronicity. So we're uh, we're now up. You know, we're it's up to us now to expand the world, to move the world forward, following synchronicity. Uh, it helps to get an alignment of uh, with uh, the karmic design. Uh, this changes everything to get on the right side of karma in this world, meaning that we must uh, be helpers. We must be doing this work to move the humanity to a better place. And we do that by individually helping other people. So I think that's the design. It revolves around who's helping. Now, if we're helpers, we're trying to deliver synchronicities that people would cross paths with. We, we get the intuition to share a, a, a crisis moment and how we dealt with it with another person. Uh, we, we go ahead and do that, get it into the conversation. Uh, and then... When we uh, do that, of course, so often we hear, I needed to hear that right then. We're givers. We're giving that. We're paying attention to our intuitive guidance there. So uh, if we do that, what happens karmically is that we draw more givers into our life. So we have more help, more synchronicity. Now, if, you, if we're takers, then that's the opposite side of this karmic design. We're taking people's energy because it feels good. If we're controlling people, if we're selling them things they don't need, if we're somehow misleading them so it benefits us, we're takers. And what happens when you take? You draw into your life more takers. Mm -hmm. So your synchronicity slows down. Everything slows down. And not as punishment, but to give you uh, to show you really how uh, what you're doing is harming other people and you want to flip over to the giving side, right? So that's a, that's part of the, the third uh, understanding. It's the karmic design yeah. have to be given. Yeah. Well, that's good medicine for today. I, I really appreciate hearing that. And I can't wait for the new edition to come out. I will, I will be watching for it. Is it out now on bookshelves? Oh, yeah, it's out. Uh, the new edition uh, can be ordered uh, from Celsius Vision, our site, or Amazon, or anywhere else. Uh, you know, it's, it should be in the, most of the bookstores. Excellent. All righty. Well, James Redfield, thank you so much for joining us here today. Well, thank you. I really enjoyed it very much. Thank you. Yes. And I want to leave you listeners with words from... Um, the book, Celestine, Celestine Prophecy, I really believe that an awakening, a greater perspective on our lives and existence is happening. It's really the firing of archetypes that are already built into our brains. We just are able to awaken to a point where we can see a greater beauty in the world, a greater connection and sense of well-being. This is the mystic speak. This is what the mystics speak about. The insights fire us up into a greater consciousness on the planet. You've been listening to the Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Remember, together we are creating connections for the good of the whole. Until next time, I'm sending you a world of love. Bye for now. Mm-hmm.